Round one, go. Well, hello there, Radio Land. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon. Welcome back to another episode of Doug and Marty versus the world. We're, we're still uh, we're still kicking, brother. I don't, you know, we haven't been defeated. Come on. Well, um, you know, I was thinking that we probably, if you keep fighting, you can't lose. That's kind of the feeling I was getting. And so I don't know if that's absolutely true or not, but and it feels right. It and, sounds in line with what you always say as well, is you can't win playing defense. Obviously, you can, you know, prevent from losing any faster. But the point of it is, is you have to have both good defense. But to be on the offense, to be proactive, to be going down, to furthering, bettering yourself, to working towards a better future, I think it's always a good thing, right, to be working forward. That's what I'm talking about. And uh, so, you know, moving forward is, you know, um, Michael Steele came out yesterday or the day before yesterday and uh, called. Uh, now, Michael Steele is an African-American guy, and he used to be the, uh, the chair of the National Republican Party. And he basically came out and called the Trump supporters stupid. So what do you think about that, brother? Wow. Are you stupid or um, not? <laughs> now, I'm going to put my opinion later. I'm going to let you defend yourself first. Uh, I don't need to defend myself. Because I don't even know who Michael Steele is. Obviously, you told me who he was. Uh, it sounds very familiar. And I don't like bashing people in general, but we have our own version of that. That used to be a former state chair that now is like um, so anti-Trump, anti-Republican. It's crazy actually ran for U.S. Senate as well. So I don't give a lot of credence to one person's opinion about us. It's sort of like I didn't pay much attention to when Hillary said that we're all deplorables. So, uh, you know, more power to him, do his own thing. But, nah, there's no reason you to know, defend him. Um, That's true. Well, you know, I like Rick Joyner, and um, he was – I don't think it was him, but he was talking about somebody had had a dream about this baby elephant that was just jumping around, this little baby elephant, and it was – so happy and so full of life. And um, he said, yeah, that's going to be a brand new Republican party. And so I, I kind of feel like that's, that's where we're heading. Right. It's like, you know, they always say that if you have a president, um, whether you're Democrat or Republican, the president of the United States is your party. He's the head of your party. Yes. Right. That's, that, yeah. that's the way they, you know, so, you know, like it or not um, mainstreamers, swamp dwellers, whatever, um, Donald Trump is the head of the party. Mm -hmm. and, um, and he has huge, huge support in the party. The, every, every poll, it's like he's like 97%, you know, in the, in the party. In so, the party, yes. Yeah, and, and within with, the party. With this is interesting, too, because um, from a Republican standpoint, we've been told for many, many, many years by – um, those that call themselves mainstream, those that call them, they're, you know, there's party purists as well. But uh, we've been told that we can't be so conservative, that we are the big tent, that we need to be open to these. Uh, all fine. Big tent, all, all fine. Donald Trump has grown the tent, just like Ronald Reagan did. Ronald Reagan brought in um, blue dog Democrats. He brought in people that would typically wouldn't vote Republican, and they became Republicans because of Ronald Reagan. Donald Trump did the same thing. People that were checked out, people that didn't, or more libertarian or independent or conservative that felt left by the party. So he brought in a bigger 
um, tent than what was previously there without compromising our core values. I love that. It's not about him. It's about the fact that he embraced the Republican platform with our core values and all, the base of the party, the, the, the ultra conservatives are like, yeah, someone that's standing up for our values, still being who he is, right? And then you have people that wouldn't identify with us from those social values, still like, hey, he's a fighter. Hey, he's fighting for America first. And they brought them into the party too because they have no home on the Democrat party. Democrat party, literally twice this week, people that are in the party were no longer welcome in the Democrat party because they were pro-life. So to find a pro-life elected Democrat, not the Democrats that we know, our friends, but elected Democrat nationwide that's pro-life is very, very rare and going to be an extinct you know, creature pretty soon. Just saying. Uh, well, potentially. Hopefully the whole Democratic Party will be extinct pretty soon because there's going to need, we need, you know, we need new parties. We need mm-hmm. new, we need a new um just a, a new way of doing business in the mm-hmm, political like arena. Right. So we have, you know, with FDR and this massive increase in just the, the um, amount of money that flows through, you know, the federal government. So, you know, we are a continental nation. Okay. We have 330 million people and, you know, probably you know, another 330 million illegal immigrants living here. So there's a ton of, um, and that was being, that was a joke, but mm-hmm. um, we have a ton of, of cash flow, right. That's going through. And then this ever increasing taxes, ever increasing debt. And I was going to say, so the government is big money, right? Mm-hmm. It's big money. And, um, and that just makes people weird. You know, once they get, you know, this, all this money flow, this cash flow, you know, like look at like Hunter Biden, it just made him mm-hmm. weird. You know, he just like started taking jobs, you know, making, you know, millions a year, for doing nothing and stuff. For like sitting that. on a board where you have no experience, yes. At the yeah. national level, which we're both running for national offices, I get that. So we've got, a, we've got a lot of people in government that are, it's all about the money and the power. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was uh, on a, I got my own personal troll on Facebook now. It's totally awesome. And I nice. almost blocked him. You've arrived, thought, man. Fun. Well, I thought, you know, why should I block him? Because he's getting, you know, because when he starts engaging with me with all of his, you know, stupid Democratic, um, rhetoric, it creates a lot more engagement from other people. They all want to jump in and talk. I'm like, oh, I'll just leave the troll alone. Let him, let him troll and, yeah, you know, be as being a media guy, you know, yeah, that, uh, as whatever he stress. is. Right. Yeah, exactly. So at any rate, but um, we, we've got to figure a way to get our votes back. Like this vote by mm-hmm. mail thing, we got to stop it. You know, we've got to, you know, we can't allow this to go across the nation because it's, it's just huge fraud. And, um, you know, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court just gave Biden the uh, extended the dead, the uh, the deadline for the ballots in Pennsylvania for three days after the election. So you're like, okay, that's just weird. All right. So we're, we're getting, you know, oh, we didn't get enough ballots. So let's give you a few more days to get some more in or something, you know. And um, so we've got this huge amount of um, of you know, trackable, basically Mm -hmm. uh, well-defined fraud going on. And what we need is we need a national, you know, uprising, basically outrage to say, no, we want our vote. You know, we want voter ID. We want, Mm -hmm. we we want polling places. We want to know that our vote, our most sacred right as a citizen is our right to vote. We want to make sure that that's, you know, protected. And then we've got to get, you know, 
go back to the drum. I, I pulled the drum out. I've been beating over here all mm-hmm. year for the last few years is we got to get Christians to run. We got to get Christians involved. We've got to get Christians to run for office. We need to get back engaged with society. We've, we've bunkered down and hunkered down to the point where, you know, the, the ungodly run the media, the ungodly run entertainment. Now it's, you know, sports, you got all these, you know, BLM names on helmets that are like felons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've got to, you know, just engage salt and light, baby. Salt and light. So I wonder where you're going. Obviously, started about the the government bureaucracy, the overspending of our tax dollars. Then we get into we need I, people that are serving in government that aren't into the money. Maybe we should need, we maybe we need to cut salaries and and have you know tighter controls over how money goes through. So the the government's too big a business, mm-hmm. and it's causing greedy, power hungry people to be politicians and not people that that want to serve their communities. I, That's right. I, 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 I can feel a bunch of people nodding their head out there and, and we exactly, but there are solutions to this. And to Doug's point is getting engaged, paying attention, supporting people that will actually challenge the system and change the system from a state level and a federal level. What we have is we have a Congress that has abdicated their role, giving these, these federal agencies the right to make their own rules to raise their own money, to basically be unregulated and unchecked. Same thing at the state level. We have statewide agencies that have been given rules writing authority that has a power of law to run them amok, to actually lobby using your taxpayer dollars to lobby the legislature to actually grow the agency. Nowhere in there is accountability or oversight or you, the voter and the citizen who belong here, uh, your way to actually check that balance. That's why we need to change the system to revert it back to where it's meant to be, where the, the closest to the people, those you elect, are held accountable. Another example of that too, I didn't want to go here, but the point is, is in many of our places across this nation, specifically here in Washington, we elect mayors, we elect city councils, and then they hire a city administrator. You didn't elect a city administrator. We elect a mayor and city council to run our cities, and yet they divert that authority to a city manager who has no accountability. They do what they want to do. That's why these bureaucracies can be can look at you and go, whatever. Uh, someone else will come in and, and be elected, but they don't have the power. It's these bureaucracies, these city managers, these these unelected officials that are running our country, running our cities, that are running them into the ground as well. So. To claw that back, not to to borrow a uh, talking point here, is really what you need to send people to, people that are are called by God, that are supported, that have the core values to uphold the Constitution, and the godly um, vision as well, to make sure that you, the people, like our founding forefathers wanted, are actually the one in control. And that's how you do that, is, is to pull back that authority, not allow these agencies to actually write their own rules, actually have sunset clauses, actually hold them accountable by saying, do we still need this? You know, and then the, to Doug's point as well, we've seen $27 billion in new taxes. We've seen an $8 billion increase in spending. And now we're dealing with about an eight or $9 billion shortfall because of COVID, they say. But think about this. We just spent, we increased spending because we have more money because they were spending money like a drunken sailor down there. So um, that needs to be reined in at the federal and the state level so that you aren't and your kids and grandkids aren't put uh, the heavy burden of taxation and debt for years to come. And to Doug's point, what we have to do is we've always been beating on the drum is we have to stay engaged. Christians have to be the salt and light. Christians have to support and elect other Christians 
to actually say, no, that's not right for my family. You will not indoctrinate our kids. You will not put more burdens on our great grandkids. You think that? Yeah. And, you know, you, as you were talking about the bureaucrats and everything else, that, you know, while we had small businesses shut down, while we had people thrown out of work, huge unemployment plus the unemployment fraud that went on, mm-hmm. um, where we lost who knows how much, hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, did any state workers get furloughed? Did any state workers get laid off? You know, so the, the answer to that, of course, is no. And so we have this huge um, disparity between people that pay the bills and people that, that, that spend the money. And again, this is a, you know, a situation that needs to be remedied. Um, the only way we can overcome the voter fraud and the other, uh, you know, problems that are inherent in our inherent in our system is that everybody's got to vote this time it's only 40 some days away from the election we got to get involved well it looks like we're running low on time we're going to get to a commercial break this is doug bassler and marty mcclennan doug and marty versus the world hi this is doug bassler candidate for U.S. Congress in Washington's 9th Congressional District. We're facing some of the biggest challenges of our lifetime and possibly in our nation's history. It's more important now than ever that we all stand up for our Christian values and heritage. Our values have created freedom and liberty previously unseen in the world. And now what used to be fringe elements are becoming mainstream and are threatening our religious freedoms. I'm committed to fight for our First Amendment rights, really for all of our God-given rights, and to represent us faithfully in Washington, D.C., and I can use your help. Would you consider going to my website, dougbassler.com, and making a financial donation of any size? It will be greatly appreciated. I want to thank you in advance for all you do. I'm Doug Bassler, and I approve this message. For our government to work the way it was intended, citizens from all walks of life must volunteer to run for elected offices. But how do you begin? EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com can help. You'll receive expert help to navigate your campaign and communicate your message. From candidate filing to voters pamphlet statements, fundraising and social media, you'll find what you need to run an effective and affordable campaign. EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com. The road to victory starts here. All right, two bells. That's round two. Doug and Marty versus the world. This is Doug Bassler. And this is still Marty McClendon. Welcome back to the show. Uh, we appreciate you. Um, what do you, Doug, what you, do you know, think about history, brother? Do you like history? I do. I like, I like even history of the last segment. What's up with history, brother? <laughs> well, the president has announced a 1776 commission. Uh, did you hear about that? I did not. It's I'm pretty not cool. Sure. So he's going to fight the revisionist history, like the 1691 project, you've probably heard of them, right? Where they're 1619, yep. Yeah, the 1619, I'd say 91. Yep. It's because I'm from the 90s, uh-huh. um, pushing close to being in my 90s. But at any rate, uh, I think it's, it's really interesting how he's now fighting back against this, um, you know, if you're white, you're bad, you know, mm-hmm. teaching that's going on from, um, you know, critical race theory and these different things, right? Right. And, you know, America is 
not perfect. Okay. We're not the kingdom of God. We're not the new Jerusalem or anything like that. Right. But we're, we're pretty good for what we've, you know, we're still the, the, even now, even with the lockdowns and all this stuff, we're still the, the nation that gives the most, right. We're still the nation that shows up during disasters and, and trouble spots around the world. Uh, we're the most charitable nation. We're definitely the biggest missionary sending nation by far in the world. Mm-hmm. We have an incredible amount of Christian, you know, that, that over 40% of Americans claim to be Christians. Mm-hmm. Right? And so that's, you know, the average nation in the world is like something like 8% or 10%, right? So right. We're, we're like this hugely thing. And yeah, we had slavery. You know what? Slavery was pretty common around the whole world. You <laughs> Especially know, slavery at that still time. exists as well right now. It does, exactly. Yeah. Um, but we did fight a civil war to end it, you know, mm-hmm. and that was Christian. Christians mm-hmm. that did that, the abolitionists, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And it's funny too, because we know we quoted uh, Orwell before, which is crazy in, in a sense. But the idea is our history is important to have it accurate is important that we can learn from our history when when we have this move to tear down statues to to rewrite history it's to control the present and the future we see that in our indoctrination of our kids to the public education system when they don't teach certain things or from a certain angle we have issues before we go too far though uh from the last segment um you said that there was no furloughs for the statewide employees before we have anybody email us there was a minor few of the statewide employees got furloughs. But, and I will give this to Jay Inslee, but I, I typically don't think Inslee is very bright, meaning he does some things that just don't make sense. Like a 40 watt bulb versus a 60 watt? Something like that. However, whether he was instructed to do this or whether it was his idea, um, there was some furloughs across um, state agencies in the Washington state, but it had to be done by a certain time. So, the state didn't pay for it, that the federal government paid for it. So they were smart enough to announce furloughs and have furloughs happen while it was on a federal dime. And then once the federal dollars dried up, they went back and said, no more furloughs. So this is, it was all a political move to um, capture as much federal dollars as possible. Um, and so it wasn't a, a real furlough. So just so you know. Yeah, during the lockdown, I was seeing Kent City employees where I live, you know, <clears throat> trimming the side of the roads and doing all the kinds of things mm-hmm. that, you know, the rest of us weren't allowed to do. I did it. I did whatever I wanted anyway, because I don't believe in the governor's ability to uh, suspend my civil rights by emergency decree or anything else that doesn't, uh, you know, that's one thing that's been coming up uh, a lot. Uh, we had that recent court decision where they said, you know, um, the civil rights of Americans uh, are not subject to, Oh, pandemics and things like that, that we still have them. We still can't suspend them for any reason like that. Exactly. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Now certain ones in, 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 I guess in the event of war, right. There's maybe some things I know that that's, you know, like for example, you can lock up all the Japanese people or something like that, but Oh wait, that's a Democrat thing. So we just really got to watch. Um, who's, we just got to watch these guys. And yeah. And, um, but I'm excited that, you know, we have a president that's willing to, to swing back against mm-hmm. this stuff. And this idea that, you know, if you cut off a tree from its roots, that is the quickest way to kill it. And so cutting off America from its roots 
you know, when we, even if you just go back, you know, not even that far, 75, 80 years ago, you know, we basically conquered the whole world and we gave it back. You know, we mm-hmm. conquered Japan, we conquered Germany, we conquered Italy, and they're all free countries right now. And then what did we do? We paid to rebuild them. <laughs> we actually, you they know. actually gave, uh, restored them better than they were, gave them, made them um, actually economic powers. Uh, like you said, Japan, Germany, even South Korea. I mean, all three have peace as we have a pledge to protect them. All of them are economic superpowers as well. Um, yeah, exactly right. And we've been, this claim by much of the left that we're been, you know, nation builders or not, um, but we've been involved. We have been the police force. We have been the protecting force. But in fact, because of the capitalistic system, because of the constitution, because of the success of America, the reports are through the roof. Billions of people have been lifted out of poverty because of it, because of the you know the, the nature of the global economy and the effect America has on it. So when America, they always say, right, when America has a cold, everybody else has a flu. I mean, because we affect everything. The fact that America is successful is is good for the world. That's why people want to come here. That's why we have this the largest amount of immigration, legal immigration in the world too, a million people a year are brought through legally, um, plus our H-1B visas, plus our uh, migrant visas, plus you name it. So very generous nation, but allows us to be generous, like you said before. So um, that's why the economic engine is so important. That's why opportunity is so important. That's why these these protections are in place, because if someone gets the handle on the means of production, which is a whole communist term, right? And the means of the family, when we see the war on family, when we see all these things, which is what we're in. We're in a war between ideologies, a free Christian, uh, Judeo-Christian values, capitalistic society that has checks and balances versus a communist, socialist, anti-God, um, do my own thing until uh, make, that makes place for a dictator um, choice. That's where we're at. So it's like we want our freedoms. We, we fight for them. We protect them. We pray for them because... That's the way we are most prosperous. That's the way people are most free. That's the way we can be a blessing to each other and to the world. Hmm? And, um, you know, if we're going to get real, so I think mainly as Christians, we need to have a love for the truth, right? We need mm-hmm. to have a love for the truth. And that means letting the chips fall where they may, letting, letting um, you know, the truth speak for itself. The facts speak for themselves. And, um, socialism and communism, its ugly stepsister, is responsible for over a hundred million deaths in the past hundred years, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we're, we're talking about a system that requires that the government have total control over um, the economy, like you were saying, capital, you know, the means of production. Right. Um, capitalism means that um, the private citizen has control of the means of production, right? That's capitalism. Communism yep. is the government owns everything, including your body, including your soul, right? The government takes the, the, the position of God and as God sits on the throne, demanding worship, whatever, total totalitarian control. Think North Korea, think, you know, mm-hmm. China to some degree, right? China, well, which, right? right? Yeah. Okay. So, this system is, is failed and we, we've got to teach the generations, you know, behind us, like the kids or grandkids, whatever, that 
you know, the truth and, and teach them critical thinking. That was one of the things that, um, you know, I was thankful for the education system, you know, back in the day when you and I went to school, they taught us how to research and how to have critical thinking and think for ourselves. And I know that that's something, you know, I was listening to you the other day when we were talking about your kids and how you really want them to be able to articulate their positions and defend them and, mm-hmm. so, and, and think them through and things like that. But now we've gotten to this point where, you know, America's bad because of slavery, right? Okay, something that we haven't had in America for what, 150, 160 years. There's been no slavery in America. Um, okay, so if we were bad, why didn't we just, you know, commit Harry Carey in 1865, mm-hmm. right? Once we got rid of it, okay, now let's just redo it. No, we, we're a nation that wants to do better, right? Is there racism? Yes, there's racism. You really find a lot of racism in China right now especially mm-hmm. they lock up different ethnicities there and so on. So there's racism in the world, but America is the most diverse nation on earth, right? There's, you know, everything. Like I was talking to my pastor the other day. I mean, you look out on my church and it's like, you know, every nation, tribe and tongue. It looks like the Bible. We get along because we love each other and because we're all together, you know, building the church or whatever. Same with the United States, right? We all want to build the United States. Everybody wants the American dream. I don't know anybody that wants the Chinese dream. You know, anybody or that wants a dream, dream. dream or yeah, the exactly. yeah, French dream. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. It and what is, is the American dream is having a, yeah, owning your own home, you know, have, making your own decisions, making your own destiny, right? Um, yeah. Making, taking a risk, um, choosing how you want to worship, um, choosing how you want to raise your family, choosing how you want to educate. Yeah, exactly right. And that's, I think that's in many ways um, as parents and to your conversation there too is um, I think in many ways we're taking our eye off the ball. When we've allowed other people to um, teach our kids and not what the, how to think, but what to think. And so when they're parenting things, you know, it's a struggle for me as a parent. Going, oh, wow. You're not being taught how to think or how to come to your own just conclusion. It's, you're being told this is what to believe. That, like you said, America was bad. But beyond that, that's your feelings that matter. That there is no right and wrong. There's no absolutes. That you can just justify your thing. That well, and writing, if that's the case then how yeah. can America be bad? There you go, right? And so it, it is amazing, though, how, and I think that's why so many kids and, and people are lost because they can't, they don't have nothing to grasp onto. It's a slippery slope where the cancel culture and political correctness will shifts with the sands, right? Who's in charge? Who says what's right? Who says what's wrong? Oh, it's relative. No, until it's not relative, until you disagree with the standard language or what, what the people in power or... Um, popularity say right it's just, yeah uh, and and just the whole herd mentality right like mm-hmm. all everybody you know everybody smokes weed i heard that from somebody the other day it's like boy that's not something i want everybody to do well we're going to be back with more after the break this is doug bassler and marty mclendon doug and marty versus the world when you want to take your business to the next level Nothing drives traffic and increases sales like TV advertising. And EasyTVSpots.com is your best choice for high-quality, effective TV ads. Contact us today to learn how easy it is to reach thousands of your ideal prospects with targeted, addressable TV. Grow your sales, revenue, and profit the easy way with EasyTVSpots.com. Broadcast, cable, and online TV made easy. Hey everybody, this is Doug Bassler and Marty McClendon from Doug and Marty vs. the World, heard all across the state on the ACN Network. Marty, I heard that, uh, 
what is it, 40% of uh, Christians are not even registered to vote? According to Barna, almost 50% of Christians aren't registered to vote. And then out of that, only about half of those actually cast a vote in most elections. You know, I think it's our responsibility as Christian citizens of America that we should vote. What difference does it make if Christians vote? Well, the difference is it's huge. If Christians vote and get engaged and you bring your conversation, salt and light to the conversation, when we don't, there's a void, right? What happens to a void? It's filled. So what we have is what we have now, gender craziness, uh, attack on marriage, attack on our First Amendment rights. All these things happen. The things we complain about is because we're not engaged. So, you know, now in Washington State, you can literally register right up to the day of the election. You can do same-day registration. So if you're a Christian and you haven't voted, now's your chance. Get in there and vote. Smart business people know that nothing sells like video. And EasyVideoProduction.com is your best choice for high-quality video production done right. You'll love EasyVideoProduction.com's professionalism, creativity, and skill for your corporate video, product video, TV commercial, and more. When you need video for Facebook, YouTube, websites, or TV, EasyVideoProduction.com is the one to call. EasyVideoProduction.com, your video done right. All right, it's uh, round three. Still swinging, still fighting, still standing firm for what we believe in. Uh, We just haven't figured out what that is yet. No, we have, actually. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world. Yes, we know. We're getting more certain every day. We love you. We love our state. We love our nation. We love God and love our family. So it's worth the fight. I think we're in the thick of it. And as Doug said, our election is only just less than 50 days away. And uh, the ballots are actually out on October 16th, so a month away, less than a month. Um, and military ballots are out this week. So uh, it is like upon us, but the opportunity is as well. What an opportunity to change the course of the future, to actually fight for the next generation, to do the things that we're all passionate about. But in us now, though, now is the time to engage. Now is the time to register to vote. Now is the time to send money to a candidate to obviously you're not running for office now, but think about running for office next time. If you're not uh, one of those candidates that are already in and support one of them that are going. Um, There are so many things on the table right now. I know it can be really easy to get overwhelmed in the midst of this scamdemic, as we call it, or, you know, uh, health concerns, the economy, the political season the riots, all this stuff, I think in many ways distract us from the purpose of, hey, no one draw close to you, Lord, guide me. Uh, I know how important these decisions are and these elections have huge ramifications when it comes to our education, uh, our properties, our freedoms, our rights, and so in the future. So uh, make sure you spend some time getting to know, doing some research, uh, and supporting the candidates um, that um, back your values, I share your values. And I know we're in, in section three here, but I know Doug would agree with me at this time for hundred percent, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, at least 97 point. Okay. You know, I mean, you gotta, you gotta, we gotta watch the FDA. Yeah. You know, parody <laughs> laws on that. No, I mean, come on. It's, um, you know, hello choir. <laughs> we're we preaching right. to you. Um, this, uh, you know, the old saying where there's smoke, there's fire. And it's just been nothing but smoke over here in Western Washington for the last, you know, week, over a week. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, these fires going, you know, absolutely bananas. And yet 
you know, what do we got in, you know, Malden, right? Just, mm-hmm. I mean, the town's gone down in Oregon, Detroit, um, other places. And, um, you know, it's just devastating. And there's, you know, evidence. Now they're not, they're not coming out and, and publishing this, but it's just like this um, um, anecdotal evidence that many of these fires are being started by BLM and Antifa activists. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't know where the playbook came from. And what and do you theory. do if that's the case? I mean, you have entire towns, Mari, that have been destroyed. Right. And, and at the best case scenario, um, they're caught, they're prosecuted, and they're thrown in jail because the, the devastation and held accountable. But most of these probably don't have the money, uh, are probably judgment-proof when it comes to that. So criminally, they should be charged. And you can't stop some person from a community crime, but you can actually prosecute them so others won't commit that crime. And that's why, and once again, we're back to law and order. We have a law and order president. We have a law and order party. Uh, and we have an imposing view right now where it's like, hey, let's pres- let prisoners out of jail because so they won't get COVID. That makes no sense whatsoever. You know, if a mask works for you and me, that should, should work for them. But even this right here, we have multiple issues. There are fires all across eastern Washington that were started, you know, some uh, by natural causes. And yet they wouldn't have been nearly as bad if we actually managed our forests, actually cleaned out the underbrush, uh, actually allowed logging, actually cut fire lines, actually collaborated with federal, state, and local and private lands to mitigate fires. We understand there's a political ideology that's made these worse. We also know that some fires have started and they knew the Department of Natural Resources and the federal government knew that a windstorm was coming. That instead of um, dealing with the fires where they were when they were small, they, they go, ah, eh, whatever, and let the wind come and make them much hotter and much worse. On the, and then in addition to that, you have, like I said, the arson ones. But we have this, this conflagration, like, what, what, what's going on here? Why are so many? We've got political solutions to some. And we got some actual common sense ways to actually mitigate that. There's a story out there that from 1935 to 1965, we had we had very, very few fires because we actually managed our forests. I think it's fantastic. Um, but yeah, you got to get the fuel out, right? Yeah. Well, they burn hotter and faster now because there's so much fuel in the forest, on the floor bed, dead trees. There are hundreds of thousands, almost millions of trees that are dead that are in our forest that are just nothing but kindle for a lightning strike or match or even standing trees. There are a lot of dead standing trees as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I I met Sue Peterson. She's Mm -hmm. running for commissioner of public lands here in Washington state Republican. And uh, I found out some interesting data. So, you know, Washington up until about 30 years ago, treated um, our forests as crops, right? Mm -hmm. So we would harvest them. We would replant the trees. And uh, so we have a bunch of forests that were intended to be harvested like 30, 40 years ago, right? Right. And they weren't, and they weren't harvested. And so what happened is now the trees are too close together. They've gotten too big. And did you know, Marty, that uh, these large trees will hold 10 gallons of water for every one inch of height that they have. And so they're all, they're sucking up all the streams. So we have lower stream flow, which causes mm-hmm. the warmer temperature in the stream that affects the fishies too. And, you know, so it's, it's not just this, like remove the fuel. It's like remove the problem, right? right. These things so, were designed to be harvested. It'd be like 
taking your corn. They're renewable resources. That's the whole idea. So for those out there, you know, the Democrat left has been pushing for years now to remove the lower Snake River dams. The idea there was remove our power sources to allow more salmon going upstream to feed more orcas. The whole idea. To Doug's point, though, um, they stopped logging the forest because of some owl and and, and basically through uh, regulation and legislation that made them tinder boxes. The trees were meant to be harvested to Doug's point, and they can only survive so many acres. The more trees, the more straws in the ground, which means it creates the problem that they're trying to fix through removing the dam, which is actually makes the problem worse. You log the trees. First of all, they only grow a certain amount of time and they only encapsulate so much carbon, which is the, the carbon friendly thing. You know, when you cut trees down and actually use them to build homes, that carbon still stays encapsulated. And do you know that new planted trees actually capture more carbon than old trees? So the idea of clearing, using the timber, uh, stopping the fires actually provides it more help for the fish, stream flow to Doug's point, less more water for us farming and irrigation but it also makes the trees healthier encapsulates more carbon and actually provides jobs and builds houses so it's like it's the common sense approach better is for the to, fish better for yep, the wildlife everything yeah uh, and yet we're doing just the opposite it makes you wonder okay uh, there's no common sense or is this intentional when you create the problem and we've heard this at the national level joe biden who's been in office for 41 years he goes now, if you elect me, I'll fix the problem that was created by mostly Democrat-controlled cities and governors across this nation over the last 35 years. But they're the ones to fix it? No. It's just like if you stop um, forcing the, the, I mean, managing the forest, you create tender boxes. Now you want to actually remove the dam because that decision created other problems. You know, we know this. It's just frustrating. When people know the truth, they go, what in the world? We actually want no, to. Well, no, and just yeah. nothing exists in a vacuum, right? Mm -hmm. So you, when you do the tree thing, then that affects the streams, that affects the air. You know, when you do the dam things or the, you know, the yes. stream things, that affects the trees and the fish and the air. You know, it's, so you just, you know, we have this, this kind of do this little thing over here mentality. But, you know, a single wildfire, Marty, can put out as much carbon as, as all the vehicular traffic in Washington state in like 50 years, right? Yep. So, yep. you know, here we are trying to cut emissions and, you know, have electric cars and drive clean and all this stuff. And yet, you know, nothing exists in a vacuum. And by neglecting our forests and not managing what God gave us to manage, mm -hmm. um, not Finger treating stewards, right? the, as the resource it is, um, we're actually, it, it, putting way more carbon dioxide, way more smoke pollution. I mean, the smoke's ridiculous, right? I mean, it we is. all sound it, like we, we all sound like DJs now. Right, <laughs> coffers. Well, I think one more thing on that too. For those that, you know, say environment, I, I get it. We, we are champions of the environment. It's actually safer than, for the environment to actually manage the forest. On top of that, though, we just talked about a $9 billion shortfall. We just spent additional spending spending like drunken sailors on education and so forth from no results and are bad results. Um, but think about that. Where, why do we need additional $9 billion to fund education? Because it was uh, taken away by shutting down the forest. The forest uh, harvesting and working of the logging industry was supposed to fund our educational, at least the buildings part of it, the capital improvements for education, build schools. And then we remove that through this good intention, which actually causes more forest fires and more carbon and more smoke, but it also removes the, the, the revenue 
designed to educate our kids. So we have to replace it with more taxes on you and me. It is clearly, like Doug said, whether unintended or intended and consequences that are related. It's all no vacuum. They're all interconnected. And, uh, you know, so again, I think I heartily endorse uh, Sue Peterson for, mm-hmm. you know, Commissioner of Public Land. She seems to have She's a more scientific, smart. holistic approach, you know, mm-hmm. to managing our natural environment, right? So when you start messing with endangered species and you start reintroducing wolves and dangerous things and then treat that as sort of, I don't know, it's, it's almost like they're out to get us, man. I feel like they're just out to <laughs> almost, get us. Almost, Mr. IRS, man. I know. It's oh, like, man. It, it had been for a long time, and so, but that's an issue. Yeah, uh, I love the way um, Donald Trump is fighting. You know, I understand that that everything, like you said, is connected as well. Um, well, we're going to keep. Let's keep fighting after the break. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is Doug Bassler and Marty McClendon. Doug and Marty versus the world. For our government to work the way it was intended, citizens from all walks of life must volunteer to run for elected offices. But how do you begin? EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com can help. You'll receive expert help to navigate your campaign and communicate your message. From candidate filing to voters' pamphlet statements, fundraising, and social media, you'll find what you need to run an effective and affordable campaign. EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com. The road to victory starts here. Hey, everybody, this is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon from Doug and Marty vs. the World. Heard all across the state on the ACN Network. Marty, I heard that, uh, what is it, 40% of uh, Christians are not even registered to vote? According to Barna, almost 50% of Christians aren't registered to vote. And then out of that, only about half of those actually cast a vote in most elections. You know, I think it's our responsibility as Christian citizens of America that we should vote. What difference does it make if Christians vote? Well, the difference is it's huge. If Christians vote and get engaged and you bring your conversation, salt and light to the conversation, when we don't, there's a void, right? What happens to a void? It's filled. So what we have is what we have now, gender craziness, uh, attack on marriage, attack on our First Amendment rights. All these things happen. The things we complain about is because we're not engaged. So, you know, now in Washington State, you can literally register right up to the day of the election. You can do same-day registration. So if you're a Christian and you haven't voted, now's your chance. Get in there and vote. When you want to take your business to the next level, nothing drives traffic and increases sales like TV advertising. And EasyTVSpots.com is your best choice for high quality, effective TV ads. Contact us today to learn how easy it is to reach thousands of your ideal prospects with targeted, addressable TV. Grow your sales, revenue, and profit the easy way with EasyTVSpots.com. Broadcast, cable, and online TV made easy. All right, there it is, the saddest sound in radio. It's round four, the fourth and final round, and we're still kicking and punching and all that other stuff. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon. Welcome back to the show. We're going to wrap this up in a strong way. You know, it's interesting, Doug. We're only in September. I understand that. And we have two more weeks left until we get into October. But you're already starting to see all that stuff out there for the, you know, the pumpkin spice lattes and, you know, the Halloween stuff. And I'm not a big fan of Halloween, um, but people like to dress up and so forth. But I just figured something out, brother. I figured something out. You know, uh, um, they always have elections in November, right after Halloween, right? And there's this big problem with the, the dead rising and voting. 
So I'm just saying, I think it has something to do. I'm like, oh, there's a reason for election around that time. And I'm being a little tongue in cheek here um, because we know that um, the voter rolls are uh, always a constant. So let me get this straight, brother. You're against the zombie vote? I'm I'm against the zombie vote. I I think you actually have to be alive and breathing to cast a vote. Oh, and and, and a citizen would be good too. Um, But I bring that up because there's a So you don't want any illegal immigrant zombies voting either? Well, no, I think, you know, any, any form of dead or any form of, you know, <laughs> non-invested in a country. You know, this segment isn't going the way I thought it was going to go, brother, but I. <laughs> We're going to get some more serious stuff, but I want, this is actually very serious when you think about it. There was an article in the Epic Times. It was reproduced by, um, I, well, I'm sure, a reputable place anyways, uh, a couple of days ago. And the article, basically, the, the headline says more than 349,000 dead registrants remain on the voter rolls. Okay. Uh, that sounds, uh, but the article goes on to say that's down from over a million just a year ago. Well, that's, that, you know, ultimately, though, somebody, one of the dead people could actually get voted to like a city council or maybe even a statewide race with that kind of, you know, support. Right. And it, it, but is the de- are the dead supporting the living or are the dead supporting the dead? You know, so I mean, has anybody done a poll? That, well, they've you know they've, they've polled them. You know, obviously <laughs> overwhelmingly until, Democrat. I'm assuming. Right. They're you know I don't see any of them voting for Republicans at this point in time. But you know there could be out there. Well, but you know, uh, of that they did break it down, Doug. Of the three hundred forty nine thousand, this is nationwide. So you know, when you think about it numerically, it's about one percent of the population, right? How many of them actually cast a vote? Actually, it's a smaller number than that, but still enough. And to your point, as we're talking about earlier, um, I think it, per state, about 11,000 votes come in uh, every single election um, from dead people. So, you know, it's, there's some fraud going on. They've, they've got to clean this up for local elections, even well, yeah, as and we know. Enforce it. You know, I mean, just enforce it because they've caught people voting, you know, their dead parents ballot. But, you know, instead of like a, a slap on the wrist. You know, they need to have real jail time, you know, mm-hmm. and then publicize it. You, you vote a ballot that for a person that is no longer around, we catch you, you're going to jail, you're going to get seriously fined or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of, in a way, though, I am feeling like I can understand why the dead would support the Democrats because they're kind of morally dead. And also Joe Biden is a lot of, you know, mentally is maybe checked out. So, you know. I guess, you know, if you're voting out for your own interests. Okay, brother. All right. <laughs> Just again, if you're going to be, if your tongue is going to be in your cheek, my tongue is going to get in my <laughs> cheek too, brother. Hey, uh, time, so basically what you're saying is uh, time is running out. It's time to uh, get registered to vote. If you're not, it's time to make sure that you, you know that everybody that believes in GOD should vote GOP. So in a way, you know, we could say TikTok, time's running out. Mm-hmm. However, tomorrow uh, you won't be able to download TikTok anymore, brother. Did you know that? I did. My yeah. daughter's been talking about this for quite a while. I think it's interesting. Uh, I've never been on TikTok um, I went to download it one day just because I, I want to check it out, but I never did. And so, um, you know, uh, what do you think about these social media apps? I think in, in some ways this would be expected, Well, last night right? my wife and I, yeah, last night my wife and I watched the, the show The Social Dilemma, which is a documentary uh, that Netflix did. Uh, uh-huh. It's on Netflix. And so uh, if you don't have Netflix, you can't see it. I don't know if it's available on YouTube or anything. But they were talking about how um, these pl- platforms, particularly Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, 
and others are um, engineered to, to addict you and to keep you scrolling, to keep you swiping and all that kind of stuff, which we kind of knew. I mean, I, I said that all the time. Like, I'll set my phone aside, and that thing is constantly buzzing, chirping, mm-hmm. beeping, trying to get my attention, right? Right. And, you know, and we're older and we have lives, so we can't do it. But younger people that, that you know, can put off doing their homework and do that, they, it's like this huge addiction. But what they're – the real problem with these um, the, the phones and with these these platforms is the massive data that they're gathering. And so, what President Trump is is um, saying is that you know I, data gathering itself in itself is insidious. I mean, we've never been surveilled as a people in the history of the world like we're being surveilled right now. Where we go, what we look at, how long mm-hmm. we look at a certain picture, how you know which articles we read. I mean, we are cataloged, and then they use AI learning to feed each of us content. Uh, they compared it to the Truman Show. Do you remember the movie with Jim Carrey from I, I you did. know where he yeah. was like raised on TV, right? He right. said it's like we have 2.7 billion Truman shows going on. The fee, our feeds are all different. Our everything is customized to us. This is machine learning, and the problem with TikTok and WeChat is that TikTok and WeChat, all that data is going offshore. It's going mm-hmm. to China. And that is a problem because we've got American citizens being surveilled, especially our children and, and all of us that don't, you know, you know, so any rate, um, I'm not, I'm not in favor of that. And I, you know, and it was funny because my, uh, a relative of mine who, who really specializes in optimizing social media advertising campaigns, right. Um, is the one that said, Hey, you got to watch this, you know, sent me a, a, you know, a WeChat, <laughs> I'm kidding, uh, sent me a text that you got to watch this. It's really disturbing. Right. And so, you know, even people that are making their money off of, you know, advertising on these platforms are concerned about it. And well, yeah, so to, that, your uh, the, the, to your point. To your point. This is not like, we're, this is not tinfoil hat people, by the way. This is developers and VPs and stuff like that from these organizations, from Google, from Facebook, from uh, Uber, from Twitter. So these were, you know, so I would highly recommend, especially you parents of teenagers and preteens, go watch the movie because, um, you know, we need to figure out a way to um, help our children not to become addicted. Yeah, it, it is the new drug, literally social media. My daughter is in the loop Snapchat, like literally every two seconds and noise this, it's not on me. Um, but to your point too, on the advertising thing, there's a huge amount of money and power and control there with data, if you know how to manipulate data. And I just, I looked up one time helmets, half helmets to ride on the road. So, you know, you can have it out there and now I'm getting 30 different ads, you know, everything. Everybody you know? already got a Beamer. Uh, more so. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's interesting though. All of a sudden now that's been in my feed everywhere I go on multiple platforms saying, oh, by the way, he's looking for a helmet. Here, show him helmets. And you bought um, a helmet like three weeks ago, right? Right. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. So that's that's what annoys me. Like looking for a refrigerator, I've been getting refrigerator ads for you know six months. I bought the I bought the refrigerator the day I was looking for it because you right. kind of need one, right? <laughs> <laughs> so the machines so, aren't that smart, is what you're saying, brother? Well, I'm saying it's interesting though. Um, it used to be they would send um, ads your way that were part of demographic. So I'm a 53 year old uh, Caucasian male. You know, it lives in, you know, Pierce County. They'll send me things that maybe most 50-year-old males would, would be liking, right? 
but now it's very specific. If I, if I look for any one thing, that's what I see. So it's smart enough to know that uh, I have a history or a recent history of looking for a helmet. So therefore I get lots of helmets or motorcycle gear. Uh, so I think in some cases you can argue for it, but that's really kind of scary with facial recognition as good as, as it is with the mass mandate, with social distancing, with China being so engaged. So, okay. On that note, you notice that there's this narrative, right? TikTok's being shut down. China is our biggest economic um, sort of um, a competitor out there. And Trump has done amazing jobs, you know, with tariffs and uh, all that stuff with new deals and working with China. And they don't like it. So they are attempting to sway opinion away from Donald Trump. At the same time, you have the Democrats rehashing, nope, it's the um, Russians, Russians, Russians are trying to um, sway the election and make uh, Biden look bad. Last time I checked, uh, they don't need help making Biden look bad. I'm just the same. Uh, and yet you have this war. Like, well, it's not China. It's Russia. <laughs> right? And so, uh, but how much, but we saw, right? And so you had Christopher Ray, who's still part of the FBI. I don't know why he's still there testifying that Russia is trying to interfere to help, um, to hurt Biden, to help Trump. And I'm like, okay, didn't we hear this, you know, for the last three years, whatever, went through this whole thing and it was debunked as fake news and uh, falsified dossier and uh, lying to the FISA court, all this stuff. Um, there is so much going on. Okay, that is frustrating, but at the same time, um, there's an article again, this is the second or third time this, in the last week, brother, where people were openly shooting police officers. This has got to stop. This is, uh, says shooters open fire on home of two New Jersey officers, baby inside Camden, New Jersey. So we had the one down in LA where the, the officer was shot in the car. Um, it is not open season. This is not a society we want to live in. We've got to put a stop to this idea. We, we cannot condone this. We must condemn this. And be like to your point earlier, these people must be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. Um, we can't have our cops being taken out. This is, this is ridiculous. They already are at risk as it is in the line of duty, much less in their own personal lives uh, or are sitting ducks. Don't you think, Doug? Yeah. Um, we got to back the blue, baby. We've got to uh, demand, you know, um, just in, in general, because, you know, kind of what you're saying, and I, I was thinking about this on the break as well, um, you know, this no justice, no peace um, thing. Mm -hmm. And it's actually really focused on, in a lot of cases, criminals, you know, with actual criminal behavior that are, you know, being, you know, arrested or, you know, in some, in some cases, um, you know, having cops do bad things to them, but um, mm -hmm. kind of like you reap what you sow thing. But, you know, is this Bill Barr thing going anywhere? You know, there seems to be a lot of, you know, kind of telescoping that this um, Durham investigation is going somewhere. But, you know, you right. see the Comey's and you see the Clappers and you see the, the, the Strzok Page stuff. And these people just seem to live their lives. Lois Lerner, you know, who, mm -hmm. does, who, who took the fifth, and, and yet there seems to be no consequences for the politically powerful, powerfully connected people, the Clintons and so on. So mm -hmm. um, I think we just have a justice issue in the United States, you know, and it's you know, the I, cops. I, justice issue. You're them. right. I think we have an yeah. equal justice issue where it's not. The scales are uneven. We talked about that before. We're coming up on the end of the show. Pray 
and, and know that we have an opportunity and we may have a choice to make here in just a few weeks in this election. It is not just an election that's important. It is the most important of our time, I'm sure. So, um, Yeah, I agree yeah. with you. Well, you know what? I appreciate you, Marty. I appreciate our listeners. Let's have a great weekend and uh, let's get our, let's just take a break from social media and enjoy our families this weekend. What do you think? I think that's a great idea. God bless you guys all. <laughs> God bless America, right? Come on. Amen. And we'll see you guys next time. Doug and Marty versus the world. Bye-bye.